in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the gleaming Glenn Stansberry. Hey, I showered. Yeah. Okay. I noticed. This is my normal sheen. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of... We might talk about a little bit of a, a guy named Diamond Dave later on. So... Okay. I figure I, figure I might throw in... Uh, the gleaming. Good, gleaming. Did you ever see that movie Gleaming the Cube? No. Oh, man. Classic 80s skating movie. Oh. It's like all about these skateboarders. I think uh, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk, I think, is in it. Actually, yeah. it's got uh, is Christian Slater that 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 '80s guy that's like in True Romance and I'm not <laughs> real big on Christian Slater movies. <laughs> Feel like I should be, but uh, all I could think of was AC Slater when I said AC Slater. Slater. Yeah, he's also gleaming. He uh, also gleaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian Slater's in it. Gleaming the cube. Uh, if you haven't seen it, man, you got to go. Now that I called you gleaming, you got to see. It's the first result when you start when you type gleaming into this. It's my name. No, it's oh. okay. So uh, yeah, Tony Hawk's in it. Um, all the classic skating guys. Christian Slater stars in it. It's an awesome movie, man. Nineteen eighty nine. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. Well, it's got a twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it was very misunderstood. Yeah, it's probably one of those indie cult films. Yeah. Uh, but it's a sweet movie. As I remember it, my, you know, seven-year-old self or whatever. Sure. Um, speaking of being misunderstood, Glenn, mm-hmm. we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Uh, gentleman.com is, uh, <laughs> it's a misunderstood manly site in many ways. It is. Yeah. What is it? How do you define it? You can't... You can't put it in a cube. You can't put no. it in a box. It's not neatly packaged. Can you define love, Glenn? Uh, well, no, you can't. No, you can't. And I'm not going to go try to define gentleman.com. Nope. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You just go there and show up and make your own mind up. That's right. It's uh, it's love in a, a computer. <laughs> Why can't we find a way to quit it, Brian? <laughs> I wish I could quit, gentlemen. <laughs> I wish I could quit you, gentlemen. But I can't. Uh, and neither can you. No. Because nope. then the train will just roll off the tracks, and we can't have that. No, we cannot. And speaking of the train rolling off the tracks, Glenn, we, uh, if you want to follow along with the podcast, you can do so by going to podcast.gentleman.com. Uh, stop over there. You can listen to other episodes. You can uh, see some stuff. We'll have pictures up there and stuff. Links to the episode. Maybe throw in a little bit of sprinkling, a little bit of extras. Mm. Um, and so stop on by there. If you want to get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast, of course, you can always send us a letter, as some of our good friends this week have. Yes. To PO Box four four two three zero five Lawrence Kansas six six zero four four. We will get your letter. We will talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. We will take that letter. We will put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know as the Hall of Fame. That's right. Um, and lots of other stuff. You know, we who knows what's going to happen if you send us a letter. That's what. That's all I have to say. So some people are going to find out. Some people week. are going to find out. Well, in the next few weeks. <laughs> in the next few weeks, they're going to find out. Yeah. Um, but, but more. Again, but more on that. Yeah, later. We're, we're going to talk about that later, Glenn. Okay, so. Uh, visit podcast.gentleman.com visit gentleman.com and then go back to podcast.gentleman.com and then just back and forth right like ping pong that's right back before the team that's all you need that's all you need on the two internet. tabs that's all day it. long exactly choo, choo, choo. Um, okay Glenn well uh, let's start <laughs> off and get started with the drink of the week this week Glenn oh well the drink of the week I uh, I like a brewery called left hand brewery mm-hmm. they have a wonderful milk stout that's pretty much their flagship. Yeah. The, the milk yeah. stout is their famous beer but they also have an mm-hmm. ale They've got a few other offerings. I don't think there's that many, though. Yeah. I think it's just like maybe five or six. Well, uh, I could, I would, I, you know, I might beg to differ. Oh, you've got the website. on the website <laughs> where they have. They only have like 36. 40 or something. Okay. Well, okay. Um, well, at the liquor store that I frequent, there's only like three. Okay. <laughs> so forgive me for not knowing yeah, every no. single beer in the left-hand line. There, yeah. They're clearly one of the one of these breweries that uh, ooh yeah that do everything. They, they're also one of the breweries with a great website. That is an awesome website. I love a lot of what these brewers are doing on the web these days. Um, it's a very it, you know the, the beer page is very simple. There's no recipes. There's no oh no there are sorry I couldn't find them. But so simple that you couldn't see them. Uh, golden gold 
fondue. Yeah, we didn't make any fondue for uh, the show tonight. <laughs> no, we didn't. Okay, Glenn. But um, yeah, I w- th- this this brewery we might have talked about it before. I think we might have. I don't, I don't think we. I think we've done. We certainly we have. If we if we haven't, we've been remiss. But um, the, I, I read the story about the the, the brewery. Okay. And it starts out. Uh, I was really into home brewing. Uh, and then I went to Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's this long thing, and then I just like I stopped paying attention because yeah. it's like one of those, you know, you same know, old. Every, every single craft brewery. That's how the story goes. I took a trip to Europe. I came back to Colorado I and I started hops this brewery. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so we're not going to get into all that stuff. We've talked about it all before. Yeah. It's a Colorado brewery. Um, I like their stuff too. I, I like that milk stout. They have a nitro version of the milk stout, yeah. which is good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what we got. We got the nitro version of the Sawtooth Ale. That's right. Um, and tell us how you pour this thing, Glenn. Well, I actually, if you're paying attention to gentlemen, and obviously you're going to be paying attention to what I post. Right. Um, I posted a link last week about how to uh, pour, how to pour a beer. Mm-hmm. And I know you jokers on the site, you know. Typically, I just open it and pour it in a glass. Well, yeah. Okay. There were some comments <laughs> about how, you know, it's really not that hard. Right. You know, lift head, <laughs> tilt, pour. Yeah. No, it was pretty funny. Some, some We had some funny comments. Haha. <laughs> but, no, there is a science, especially with the nitro beers, because it has all this extra CO2 in it. Right. right. CO2? Yes. Um, not a big science guy, but I have pretty, pretty positive that the extra bubbles are CO2. Poison. Poison. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about poisons in our foreshadowing everything now. This is just okay. So many teasers. All right. right. So the nitro, you you crack it open Mm -hmm. and you literally pour it straight. I mean, just boom, upside down. No, none of this forty-five degree angle business. You're just getting it out of the bottle as quickly as possible. Okay, that's the plan anyway. And I'm I'm as I'm saying that I'm realizing. Do you think this is going to spill everywhere? Let's hope not. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to find out. It's a, um, it's a risk we're willing to take. Yeah. This, this glass, Glenn, this is a, this is from this pint glass is from the Irish Guinness factory, the original Guinness factory. So you take this one just no, in no, case. No, 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 no. No, let me finish. Because this is a bigger glass. This should withstand the pour. You think I'm you think this, I'm this is a smaller here. this is a smaller glass, and therefore um, All right. If something goes awry with this, then we'll all. Um, this will be like moving your couch again. Mm-hmm. At least the the uh, culpability will be in. Okay. Your and it's supposed to be served at forty five degrees. And that's about so that's about what we're probably sitting at. It's a little okay. warm in here. All here right, we go. So Bottoms go. up. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, that should be that's, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that worked out fine. Yeah. I give that a pretty st- stiff pour too. So. Um, ooh. Ooh yeah. Real sawtoothy. Gonna have to let that sit for a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, while we let it sit, we can talk about the statistics of this beer. How much was the beer, Glenn? The beer was ten ninety nine. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Contrast that to last week's offering, which was ten ninety nine for, for 18. 18 beers. <laughs> three times Go the beer. Miller right? time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Is this gonna be three times as good? Well, it has three times as many nitros in it. Yeah. Okay, we'll find out. But, Glenn, okay, this is an all-American ale. Um, the body's medium. Uh, the alcohol by volume, 5.3%, so not a terribly high alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, IBU is 27, so that's kind of that's on a sweet spot. That's you, all right. You, you'll taste it, but it won't be much. Yeah. Uh, Play-Doh is uh, 12 degrees. Play-Doh? I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, you know what I'm thinking what? as I'm reading this description? This is going to play well with the beer snobs. Oh yeah, they're playing it in their hand. Expensive ale. Uh, they've got things like Plato as a t- statistic. I don't know what that like means. Like the philosopher or scientist. Know. It says what was Plato twelve degrees. I don't know what that means. P L A T O. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Collection pouring. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, Glenn. All right. <laughs> and you serve it with fondue, apparently. Yeah. So Ryan is, and I, we serve it in a glass. This is yeah. This is with a- our hand. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Sawtooth. Mm. That's good. That That's is good. good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Nice and refreshing. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, the nitro is good, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay, Glenn. So mm-hmm. what are your uh, My are senses your are coming alive here. On the... Um, mm. Your official rating. All right. 
I like I like it. It's a very well balanced Tito. A lot of flavor, mm-hmm. not just like boring. It's nope. flavorful, but it's not too much. It's good. It's a mm-hmm. really solid beer. It's it a is. good just sit on your porch and here's here's what I I, I think if this was like a dollar fifty less, I would get it all the time. There you go. You know what I mean? Yep. They kind of price themselves. Ten ninety nine is a, that's on the upper echelon of what. I mean, I don't know what the highest price one we've had. Probably that high biscuit. Well, no, we've got oh. a, no, no, no. That what? one wasn't high price. What? That was just terrible. Yeah, that was just um, high and awful. So I know we've had one though that you brought over. That's that was expensive. it was like a four pack. And it was ten bucks or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Well, we'll have to go dig through the archives. I don't know. Yeah, I need to. I need to set up the MTS as an app so we can yes uh, peruse that easily. But anyway, um, all right, Glenn. So I I would be leaning towards. I love the taste of it. Yeah, but the price is so high. It's like price is prohibitive. Kicking it in the, you know what? Um, so <laughs> Kick, kicking it in the the, in the nitros <laughs> in the nitros. Um, so I would, I'm gonna have to go uh, an eight point one. Eight point one. Yeah, yeah, I like the taste of it. Too high price. I was gonna say eight point four. Okay. Okay. So okay. this will be an interesting. Read. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Okay. So we gotta. Okay. Let me type so this, this in. If this is your first time listening. We we have a proprietary, uh, patent pending um, computer slash software slash uh, system yeah. called the MTS. The it's basically like it's like hardware and software together. Combined. Supercomputer. Super, super computer. Right. Um, we 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 basically dusted off this older one of those room computers that you see in the in the magazines from mm-hmm. with all the tape drives and mm-hmm. everything like that and mm-hmm. hooked it all up and we mm-hmm. got a printer rolling with it and then typed our algorithm in there basically with punch cards and uh, just you know uh, let it roll let it rip and then what we do is we type in so we type in this um, uh, what we just discussed our ratings factors and, and then we empirical uh, scientific we input that into the into the nts computer and it tells us what the scientific empirical rating for this beer is uh let me type this in okay glenn so we thought we said before uh this uh this is alcohol by volume 5.3 uh you said the price was 10.99 yeah um and the ibus were 27 and yep. you said uh 9.4 or eight sorry 8.4 right and i said uh 8.1 Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's uh, computing right now. Okay. Uh, printing out. Okay, give it one second here, and we'll uh, we'll tell you what the MTS has to say about this. Okay. Okay, here it comes. Okay, it's, uh, it's, um, wow. Okay, so that oh, comes this is surprising. 8.25. Wow. So, okay, so the MTS says 8.25, so that is the official empirical rating for the Soft Tooth Nitro Ale. Real quick, I'm going to go over to where the uh, the beer snob, okay, where the beer snobs go to rate their beer. Okay. Uh, beersnob.com, and we're going to look this up, and it would say, like, uh, uh, Soft Tooth Nitro, okay. left hand brewing company. Okay. Oh, this is actually kind of surprising. It, they put it as 78, so they oh. actually rated it lower than we did. Huh. So that's kind of an interesting... But then again, if you're, you know, if your system is based on arbitrary, you know, yeah, it could be anything. feely, you know, woo woo, yeah. Oh, I had a hard day. Yeah, I didn't uh, like this, this beer. beer. This beer comforted me. Yeah, you know, I'm giving it an 89. <sighs> Shoot, yeah. numbers, science, numbers. science, computers. That's all I have to say. Tell anybody the mustache yeah, you- scale is infallible. <laughs> it's scientifically proven. If Stephen Hawking was here, he would check it off and say like, yes. Well, he would. He well, would tell us to check it off because he can't. Right. Yes. I mean, I'm sure there's a. He's got something. He's got a. He he could hook right up to the MTS. No disrespect to Stephen Hawking. I, no. I realize that came off a little. I'm cold. sure he's listening. Um, yeah, so, so Stephen. Yeah. I'm anyway. sure he gets a lot of that. Yes. Okay, so, Glenn. Well, let's, anyway, let's move on. Let's, <laughs> woo, let's move past woo. that. Glenn. Okay. Well, um, offending Stephen Hawking. Is wow. Not a good. Not, not a good. Not what I set up to do. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay. Well. Let's see Hopefully if we can forgive us. Let's see if we can redeem ourselves. We've been uh, the next segment. We 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 talk about this is. I, I love this part of the podcast. Yeah, me too. Okay, this really is good. the fruits of the gentleman community's mm-hmm. labor. Mm-hmm. La- labor, the lo- gentleman community. <laughs> fruits of their the fruits labor. of the, the loins of the past <laughs> week on the side. Um. I didn't anyway. Want to say it. Uh, well, everybody is thinking it, so well, you might as well just say it. I just went and said it. All right. Okay. These are our loins, the fruits, and from 
From those, from those labors. Look, we're, hey, we're going to make some mistakes, Brian. That's right. On this, on this show, you know, we're slaving over a hot mic. Mm-hmm. Not everything is uh, scripted around here. Or, uh, Mostly not. Actually, um, yeah, all right. So, <laughs> the anyway. first... The first uh, link we have is kind of a doozy, Brian. It is. It was uh, added by the one and only El Swaco. Mm-hmm. And the title of this tack, it's a Gawker article, yep. so the, it's going to be inflammatory. Mm. The title of the tack is, the air quote, food babe blogger is full of caca. Okay? <laughs> Except it didn't say caca. I have edited it for content. Yeah. I know there are little ears, mm-hmm. so hopefully the little ears don't say caca. Right. And there probably aren't any little ears, but it's an interesting article about a bl- one blogger. She is a, she's not really a blogger. She's she's gone beyond blog. She's like a juggernaut. She is a she's been on what Doctor Oz and all this kind of stuff. Her name's Hari, sorry Vani Hari, and her her moniker is the Food Babe. She goes by the Food Babe, and her big spiel is she doesn't like chemicals in anything she eats. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. she's all about the purity. Right. Of food. You don't need to add anything to it. You know? No. It's natural good by itself. And the, uh, the article goes on to talk about... Basically, the article is written by the so-called science babe, mm-hmm. who basically takes this food blogger to task on right. every single aspect of her online life. Now, this, this uh, science blogger is uh, an analytical chemist with a background in forensics and tox- toxicology... Uh, she works as a full-time science writer and public speaker. She worked as a chemistry professor, toxicology, chem- toxicology chemist, uh, and research analyzing pesticides for safety. So she she has some credentials in this. Yes. Uh, the person that she's taking to task, uh, she describes them as basically she, this this blogger lady. She um, not the scientist, the food blogger, right? Um, basically, got appendicitis one time, and she didn't agree with her doctor on the cause of it so mm. she started taking things out of her diet and then that's how she arrived at this uh this method that she uses yes and i should say that this method is really um while she's not a scientist it's yes. quite scientific it is um basically she says if a third grader can't pronounce it you shouldn't eat it mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so wow there's a lot of things i've been eating that are yeah. good and the um <laughs> The science writer actually even points out uh, that somebody should have warned her about uh, the hydrogen monoxide, <laughs> which is water. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if th- I don't know if the third grader can pronounce the hydrogen monoxide. I had a hard time with it. So maybe we shouldn't be uh, ingesting water. I don't know. But that's kind of the gist of the article. We actually we don't we take we usually uh, take our water and add yeast and natural chemical process right. Uh, called fermentation, mm-hmm. and that's how we ingest our water. That's right. At least in the show. Yep. Uh, yeah. This this article is long and windy, and it is. and it's it, a long winding road. And you know what? It's interesting because I pretty much agree. I agree with a. I agree a, a lot with the science babe, right? Yeah. I, I think she is basically taking somebody who you know doesn't have any experience or expertise in what she's talking about, other than mm-hmm. she decided to. The, the other side of the coin is that this this. The food babe uh-huh. is known for championing, like, getting all these... It's like activism within, like, getting companies to change the types of foods they offer. So, for example, right now she's crusading against Starbucks because oh, yeah. of some kind of caramel color, which is classified as uh, a known, like, a, a possible carcinogen. So is coffee. So is In the co- same category. Exactly. Which is what the science... Bit. Yeah. Anyway, so it, it's funny because... The blogger is known for you know getting whipping people in the, uh, a lather and getting them all worked up when you know maybe maybe they sh- I don't know is it worth is it worth getting worked up over it's it's a she, she's basically made a name for herself for being controversial and this yeah. article basically takes her a task for it and is controversial mm-hmm. Brian to top it on to keep going this is why the gentleman comments are so awesome because. There's like, I don't know how many comments on this particular article, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're hilarious. Right. But one of them points out, uh, there's a couple, there have been a few responses. The Food Babe has responded to this article, mm-hmm. which, it's just a whole mess, right? Yeah. It's just, he said, she said, mm-hmm. well. She said, she said. She said, she said. Um, yeah, I think this this is, I think it's great that somebody 
rip this person a new one. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I don't think anybody deserves to be, you know, thrown under the bus. Like I'm sure she's being thrown under right now. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are just millions wailing on her, yes. you know, which is not cool. But the fact that she makes these claims, she's opening herself up to criticism from a scientist that can debunk all of the things that she's claiming as true even though she's completely uneducated in this topic she knows virtually nothing about it she just researches on the internet and then writes blog posts about the stuff Uh, as far as i understand i've never read her blog which i'm not going to because um i think what she's doing is kind of dangerous i mean she probably sees it as a great way to make money but she's really altering the lives of people i mean people will read that and believe it and she she has no apparent remorse for the 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 effects she's having on people's lives that aren't that'll just read that and then and adjust their lives based on that that's not cool um i don't know i think it's i think it's a pretty a pretty awful thing to do to to spout something up. It's one thing to to blog about the stuff if you're an expert in it, yeah, and talk about it, and you've done your research and all that stuff. But when you're just shooting from your hip and trying to make money off it, it's pretty sad. The interesting part about this, Brian, is that both sides, like like in most things, both sides are a little bit right, at least a little bit yeah. right. Okay, so yeah. so to play devil's advocate, right on the food babe side of things. Mm-hmm. There are some weird things that are being put in food, right? Yeah, that I mean, true. just uh-huh. preservatives and all sorts of weird stuff, and have been for the past, you know, I don't know, couple decades, right? Just for the sake of you know preserving and keeping things clean, all that kind of stuff. But it's mm-hmm. kind of it kind of got a little over heavy handed and weird, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just for the sake of cutting costs and right. So that to bring awareness to that isn't necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. but like you say, you know, at the same time, you can't. You throw the baby out with the bathwater when right. you take that argument. Well, it's too bad because if you know people do have that argument that there is too much, there is there is legitimacy to some of her argument. She's making it look terrible. You know right. what I mean? By just being completely uneducated about it. So if there, she's basically just making a mockery of the whole thing. If that if that is the case, if people really do have problems with what's in their food, uh, she's really just kind of throwing that out the window. Basically, um, I don't know. I. I I think people get too freaked out about scientific stuff. I mean, if it's called, if it if it lit, if it ends in an oxide, people think, "Oh my, what is that? Yeah. What's that in my food?" It's like, yeah. well, you know, uh, just because it has a funny name doesn't mean it's terrible for you. Like, you know, well, and, people, and we could get on the whole topic of, you know, the difference between organic and non-organic are like shades of yeah. Depending on the type of food, are like it's a very thin line. Yeah, it's true. So I don't know. There's a lot of misinformation out there, and the other part of this just too is these this whole area of the web where people are writing blogs like this to make money and get famous, and it's kind of it's it's a little bit annoying. I mean, uh, uh, she's kind of exploiting people's fears to get on television and make herself feel better about herself. I'm going to make a. Uh, hypothesis here, Brian. A scientific okay. hypothesis. Okay. Since this is not a feeling, this is this is uh, like the MTS. This is this is a scientific fact. right? She will have gained a larger following because of this critique. Of oh, her. probably. I mean, think about all the yeah. Bad publicity is still publicity. It, it is. It is. It's true. It's hey, true. we know this firsthand. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, I, I just I do want to draw a parallel though. Here, we're not scientists. But we were able to create the MTS, That's true. a scientific empirical algorithm to rate beers. So That's right. maybe maybe I'm being too critical. Maybe I'm doing too harsh. I hope I hope the light doesn't get turned on us. You know, <laughs> Gawker article: <laughs> Two rubes from Kansas build empirical <laughs> beer rating scale. <laughs> Internet in froth. Where is this MTS computer? <laughs> Pixar it doesn't exist. It exists, people. It really does. We're, we wouldn't lie. No. Go check the comments out on this because they are... Yeah, I'll link up to the, the tack on podcast.gentleman.com and you can read the comments. Uh, lots of good stuff in there and I love it when the community chimes in and uh, writes some funny comments on stuff like this. Okay, Glenn. Definitely. Uh, let's move on to the next tack. Um, that could have been a hot button topic. It could have been a hot button. Yeah. Well, it was our hot button topic kind of last, last week. Last week, the gluten-free thing. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, anyway, Glenn. Well, moving on. Let's, uh, let's talk about this other tack and uh, this is from... Uh, our good buddy Newell the Fourth. 
I don't think we've talked about Newell the Fourth before. I don't think we have because I, I think I would remember that name. Mm-hmm. That's a cool name. Um, and he points us to this article on pinstripepulpit.com. I have no idea what the subject matter of this site is. I have no idea. But the subject matter of this story is Tolkien's Kentucky Hobbits. Uh, And this is a short little article um, about a guy in Kentucky, and he relates a story uh, about an author who was a very distinguished author, and he also happened to be a student of Tolkien. So the student of Tolkien knew he was a he was a famous author after the after he had been a, a student of his right. and read his books but didn't really get it didn't understand why they were so popular wasn't really into them yeah um, but then he bumped into he happened to bump into another guy that studied under Tolkien and he told him that he wrote these books and to his surprise the guy had no idea that he had written books and so he started kind of talking to the guy about the books and it came to light that. Tolkien based the names of a lot of his characters on real last names from Lexington and Shelbyville, Kentucky, because the guy claims that he'd say he'd say names like Baggins and Boffitts, Proudfoots, Proudfoots, and and real names that exist in those areas. And uh, Tolkien loved them, and he ended up incorporating them into his books. Now, and well, and those people were tobacco. Farmers, they yeah, pipe tobacco. tobacco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so the guy makes the point that New Zealand provides a great dramatic backdrop for the movies of Tolkien's novels, um, but the real hobbits were based on people from the Rolling Hills of Kentucky, which is which is interesting. It is interesting, and I I think you you were saying earlier that Lynn, your wife Lynn, mm-hmm. and I had the same reaction. When we read this. It seems not true, right? A um, little, little too good to be true. It does. It does. Um, the guy quotes this guy Davenport that uh, in he, he wrote a short story about this, um, about having this interaction with this guy and you know coming to the conclusion that Tolkien based his characters on uh, this guy's descriptions of people in Kentucky. Um, I looked so it up, and this Davenport guy seems legit. Um, he says he's a Rhodes Scholar. In Oxford, um, he was a certified genius by the MacArthur Foundation. So he has a lot in common with us. Um, Never heard of this MacArthur Foundation. <laughs> yeah, MacArthur sounds made up. To I've me. been yeah, I've been waiting for a letter. Where is uh... anyway, Glenn? I, I don't know if it's true or not. I tried to do some quick research and find out or not. We might just be spreading more misinformation, but I hope I'm not. I, I'd like to I'd like to believe that that might be true. Well, we're not the only ones who are spreading it because it's got like eleven thousand likes on Facebook. Oh, okay. So. Well, so eleven thousand other people have fallen, fallen, uh, fallen prey, prey to this, this Tolkien Kentucky <laughs> conspiracy. Myth. Yeah. No, I don't know if it's myth or not, Glenn. I don't know. I don't know. So, what do you think, Glenn? So we, what he's saying we can go to the Lexington phone book and find Sackville baggages and, and uh, <laughs> where, what, what? A, See, I uh, think this is a bad idea for them because what barefoot. they're going to get are these crazy. Lord of the Rings fans showing up in Lexington. You know what I mean? Those 11,000 people that are probably is... like the hardcore like Lord of the Rings guys. And they're all going to be like strolling around Lexington with full-on yeah. uh, Hobbit uniforms on. So they're, they're, they're getting themselves into something. You know, I, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. I, I some don't know. old Toby out of somebody's barn. <laughs> Pandora's box might yeah. be opening up here. I don't know, Glenn. Well, it certainly is interesting. It is interesting. Whether it's true or not, that's our line. that should be our line. Whether it's true Whether or, not, or not, it's interesting. It sure is interesting. It sure is interesting. So thanks, uh, Newell the Fourth, for, for adding that. A lot of people on Gentlemen liked it, and so did we. So, very cool. All right. Well, Brian, rounding out this week's tax mm-hmm. is added by none other than our good friend, Zamoose. Ah, yes. The Zamoose has been loose, and he has posted yet another epic, entertaining tack that... Mm-hmm. Baffles the mind to me, uh, but, but let's let's unpack that. But first, it's titled "It's uh, from Laughing Squid," and it's called "An Ice Skater Propels Himself Along the Surface of a Frozen Lake with a Chainsaw." Yeah, um, and it is again. This is one of those where you kind of have to see it. Go mm-hmm. head over to gentleman or podcast gentleman dot com gentleman dot com. We'll link it up. But it is a video of a man on skates and a chainsaw. Uh, 
shoving the chainsaw into the ice and propelling him at surprisingly fast speeds. Yeah. Like, it is quick. Yeah, like he, is he goes pretty quick. Motoring. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What, were your, what was your reaction when you first saw this, Brian? I think, um... Frightened. <laughs> you, uh... You made the point in the in the post that like the guy has a hab- a bad habit of holding up the chainsaw as he as he skates by the guy that's doing the video. <laughs> you just see it. He's like going by, and he'll he'll swing by the cameraman, and he'll lift it up in the air and like shake it at him. Yeah, I um, I've been on ice skates. Have you ever ice skated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not hold scissors <laughs> while I was ice skating. I wouldn't hold a pocket knife. And I sure as heck wouldn't be holding a chainsaw. I mean, all it takes is him hitting a bump and going forward, and it's lights out. Game I could over. be a world champion uh, figure skater, you and I wouldn't Apollo trust myself. Owner. Yeah, and I wouldn't trust myself wielding a chainsaw while I was skating on ice. I mean, if you hit, a, it's not even like a like an ice skating thing. It's like a frozen tundra somewhere. What if you hit a bump? You know what I mean? Like. Could be just a bump in the ice. I yeah, and th- and that happens. There are bumps. There are cracks. Anyway, when I don't know, maybe this guy's like a super skilled ski uh, skater, and he was doing some pirouettes after the video shut off. I'm not sure. <laughs> Could be. Some of the comments on the tack. Uh, Trig Joe added. Uh, I'd watch Olympic figure skating if it involved chainsaws. It's a good. It's a good observation. So would I. And then uh, another great one. Uh, gentleman member M Tay said surely we can add a lawn chair into this somewhere so it's not so backbreaking. Oh. He's got a he's got a point. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, it would. It would be. So I think they could take it a step further. Maybe dual chainsaws each arm. Yeah, twice as fast. Yeah. Twice as it goes pretty good with, dangerous. Uh with one chainsaw, he goes pretty quick. He zips a lot. How many beers did it take to figure this out for him for this uh. duo here? That and you're you're cutting into the ice every time you go around. <laughs> Just keep going in circles. Yeah, <laughs> eventually you're going to run out of ice. Well, uh. To be to be fair, he's on a huge lake. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, no skaters were harmed in the making of this video. Oh, they're Swedish. That's why. And he's a skier. Mm. Well, then. All right, that was some interesting posts from gentleman.com last week or so. It certainly was. Yeah. Um, okay, Glenn, now it's time for the uh, toast this week, Glenn. Uh, and, uh, Glenn, I want to go... I want to go way back. Oh, okay. To 1981, Glenn. Ooh. 1981. Um, our good friend Razorback. I posted... Okay, let me back up. I posted a link on Gentleman this last week of a live video of Van Halen recently playing on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. And what I was surprised by in that video was that those guys are over 60 years old. Yeah. And they still sound pretty good. I mean, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. David, David Lee Roth, is his voice going to hold up? It did. I thought it did. I was yeah. like, wow, it sounds pretty good for being 60 years old. You got you to gotta give the guy some credit. It's hard to probably sing like that when you're 60 years old. Anyway, Glenn, um, so this whole kind of back and forth ensued. I ended up posting like three tacks about Van Halen on Gentleman, which, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Van Halen, but, you know, I didn't mean to post that much about it. But <laughs> you I should got, never apologize for that, Brian. I got in the, this thing with Razorback about it because I posted that link, and then he was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I, I happened to see them in concert in 1981, and he had this whole story about that, which was awesome. And uh, then he posted this video that was like, oh, here's some YouTube concert footage from 1981, and it was awesome it was awesome it was so cool i mean it was like van halen in their absolute pinnacle yes prime with david lee roth and it was killer and so i, I kept going back and forth with i ended up posting this video of uh van halen 1986 and they were awful really? sammy hagar oh yeah the hagar years were yeah regrettable uh, uh, completely but i ended up watching that 1981 concert footage like over and over again and i i loved it you know it was great um, so anyway, I wanted to toast, uh, that was a long story, but oh, I wanted to toast uh, David Lee Roth uh, because, first of all, historically, if you ever watch an interview with this guy, he always has something great to say. Yeah. He's super intelligent. Like, it's, he's deceptively intelligent. He's always got a great comment Isn't to make. he the one that, he's an EMT, right? He was licensed EMT for several years in New York. Yeah. Like, when his okay. music career didn't work out, his dad's a brain, like a brain surgeon, I think, in L.A., and, wait, uh, wait, when you say music career didn't work out, what standard well, are we oh, going sorry. by? Here? So sorry. 
No, that's a good point because I was reading about this, and actually, after he left Van Halen, every one of his records turned at least gold, except for one in the mid '90s, and then he released kind of a comeback record in '97 called like DLR or something. I've never heard it, but anyway, the point is, uh, the mid 2000s is where his career kind of like fizzled out a little bit. I think the the uh, late 90s to the to mid 2000s, it kind of died out. So he's like, well, what do I do? He became an EMT in New York because um, he didn't have any money. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, I, I think that, like, from the articles that I read about it, he generally wanted, genuinely wanted to try to, to give something back. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think EMTs make a great amount of money. I yeah. think it's just, you know, something that he, he thought he could kind of do sure. to help people. Uh, the article I read about that actually had um, a story about how he saved some lady's life, like, the week before by giving her the defib. Uh, wow. After she had a heart attack. Wow. Uh, so he was legit and everything. Anyway, point is, Glenn, uh, the, the other thing, the reason why I wanted to bring this up now is because he was, they, they just did their live television appearance on Jimmy Kimmel. And to start the show with, Dave, you know, 60-some years old or whatever, gets out this silver baton. It's like this long, like, four-and-a-half-foot baton. It's and like a martial starts, arts. He just starts pulling a, like, a Bruce Lee with it, swinging it around all over the place. Anyway, he hits himself in the nose and just waylays himself. And they have to stop the show. He goes over to the side, and supposedly the guy that was whoever <laughs> the stage the, tech or whatever. Yeah, well, the, they had like a health. They had a health guy or a, probably an EMT there. Yeah. you know. And uh, Dave, Dave was saying, "Put some duct tape on it. I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go back." Anyway, it turns out he had to get 14 stitches in his nose after he hit Man. himself with the baton. But he still did the show, which is the mark of a great entertainer. Yeah, because I saw the video, and there's just this huge piece of tape oh. all over his nose. And if you the the Jimmy Kimmel, I think it was El Swaco, maybe. That posted somebody else posted maybe it wasn't else Waco posted a video that was like an explanation of what happened right and it was like a slow mo video yeah of the baton hitting his face and it just I mean he hit the heck out of himself with that thing <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is unfortunate but anyway the point how do you is, sing after you just jack yourself I don't know else? I don't know but you said he sounded good he's I thought he sounded pretty good I mean wow. it's David Lee Roth he has a very unique voice yeah I did see that Hagar they just put out this Van Halen live album. Okay. Um, like of a recent concert and I just I was doing a, I did a search for David Lee Roth to kind of look up some tidbits for the show and the first result was a news story about how Sammy Hagar was saying that his vocals sound pretty rough on their live concert album Hagar was the worst Hagar was terrible he was so bad uh, anyway, we're not talking about Sammy Hagar. We're no. Diamond, DLR. Diamond David Lee Roth. Anyway, Glenn, I just wanted to toast the guy because watching that 1981 concert footage, and I'll link this up on the podcast page. I've got to because I loved every minute of it. You may <laughs> every not, minute? You may, not be, you may not be big fans of the 80s movie. but No, no, no. So, yeah, I, I get where you're going with this, and I'm okay. trying to steer the, steer the car you back on track. You want me to track. steer me away? Uh, the camera angles were a little funny at the time. The camera angles. They were a little bit more uh, vertical than I would have Dave, hoped. Dave, uh... He wore some tight pants. He, he had the tight, the 80s tight pants thing going White, on. White, tight. They're tidy yeah. whiteies, basically. Yeah, yeah but long they're tidy pants. They're pants. It's kind of weird. It was like, it was like, imagine, you know, you're in your, uh, you're going out, you're in Little League, right? You got your baseball pants, and your mom throws them in the wash with, like, cold water, and then she, right. like, dries them, and so they're, like, way too tight. Mm-hmm. That's what he was wearing. And they're made out of, like, uh, spandex. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, there's that. There's that part of it, but, which is unfortunate. But other than that, um, if you're gonna I, make an omelet, you gotta break a few eggs. I I, uh, <laughs> I actually thought that was that was such a funny part of it. It that, was. You know, this guy's it up there. Was. This guy's up there strutting around, and I mean, it's like peacocking it. Oh man, uh, it's so great, dude. You gotta, uh, uh, you gotta so you go go to podcast.com. I want to tip a cat. To, Tip a cap to um, Razorback for bringing that to my attention. Uh, I watched it a bunch of times because I just thought it was so cool. I love seeing bands like that, like classic bands, when they were just on their game, and then like they kind of trail off afterwards, you know. So you know that was it. That was the pinnacle. that was the that was the top of their game, man. And they really had it down. Um, so it was really cool to see. So anyway, toast to uh, Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave saving people's lives and. Uh, wearing tight pants. Wearing tight pants. Hitting himself with a baton mm-hmm. and still singing. And that dude could jump. Yeah, he, he was super flexible. He was doing kicks. I don't yeah. know how he karate know. kicks and all kinds of. There's got to be a story know. about that. I'm sure there is, Glenn. I'm sure there is. He's got a memoir that I really want to check out now. Yeah, 
They were they were talking about it in that in his Wikipedia page that he's got some memoir that I'm pretty interested to. I want to check this thing out now. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the uh, hot button topic uh, this week, Glenn. And the hot button topic is about some hot wings. Ooh, yeah. Uh, this, oh this, yeah. This hot button topic's all about um, <laughs> all about Buffalo Wild Wings. B dub dub. So I read this article earlier this week, and I posted digitalman.com, and it was it's all about like a behind the scenes. So if you're like me, yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings has been around for a while. Hmm. Maybe you got one in your hometown, but it always seemed kind of like it wasn't a big deal. Um, and then I keep seeing more and more more commercials for them, yeah. And the commercials keep getting better and better, and you know you start seeing Buffalo Wild Wings pop up all over the place. Bigger ticket commercials, anyway. So apparently they've just been killing it. Like their their growth has been way higher than people that are in that same segment. Hooters, Hooters, or or even like Applebee's or yep. Chili's or any of these rival restaurants. They've just been like. Some of the rival restaurants have been seeing some hard times as the economy went down in the late 2000s, mm-hmm. and Buffalo Wild Wings just kept on sailing up. They were riding that train. It's of, like the economy, economy fell out, and it just exploded. Yeah, it just got huge. And so, um, anyway, Glenn, I, I just thought it was an interesting article. They talk about the kind of the behind the scenes of the company and how they did what they did. And um, I, the thing about the thing about it for me that that I'm surprised by this is that the food to me, like. I don't like the food. I think it kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, I, their wing. I love that they have a bunch of different flavors of wings. But you and I both know <laughs> that if you put Buffalo Wild Wings next to Henry T's wings, yes, there is a gargantuan chasm of difference between those two sets of wings. It it is it is like comparing a steak to a Big Mac. It's like uh, comparing a Mona Lisa to a sketch that I made. Yeah, and I, you know what? To be fair, you, you you're I am quite a an artist. Good artist, but you know, there's a there's a painting of an owl. No, 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 <laughs> owl? fox. fox. That's See, I'm not that good of an. <laughs> it's interpretive, okay. <laughs> anyway, Glenn, let's stop. Let's stop talking about my art career. Right. Okay. So, so the hot button topic. Why has why has B Dubs exploded? Exploded. Yeah. Okay. Here's my take, Brian. Mm-hmm. I think for the okay, we are wing zealots. Yeah, we are aficionados. We of the care about wing. wings a great deal. We do. We take it seriously. Mm-hmm. If there is, I literally, I always order buffalo wings wherever I'm at. If if they have them, more or less, like. If it's if it's it's a, not, I was not, gonna say I, I draw the line someplace. But. I was at a hotel bar last night, <laughs> and their their special is wings, and I was like, ah, I don't sometimes think. you just know. Yeah, exactly. But I'm saying if you're at like a you know a grill and bar type yeah. type place, yeah, if they yeah. got wings and, yeah, and like, the waitress yeah. is like, our wings are really good. I'm yeah. like, oh, are they? Yeah, we'll find. I'll be we'll the judge of that. Yeah, exactly. So, so we care a great deal about wings, right? Mm, and yeah. I think the casual person, it isn't. For, it isn't about the wings so much as it's about the sauce, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have all these different flavors. They have like the blazing challenge so you can test your metal mm-hmm. against, you know, which I've done, by the way, and it is painful. It's not good. Um, <laughs> but I, I had like one bite of a bite oh, that, was, that was blazing. And I was like, nope, I can't do this. I drank like two beers in a minute or something after I... After I had that, I had a taste of the blazing challenge. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's intense, but but it's an experience. Like you go there, you know what they have. Yeah. For for whatever reason, they make you excited, and they've done a great job about marketing this, um, about marketing the experience of Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. You don't go there because the food tastes really good. Mm-hmm. You don't go there because the beer selection's awesome, right? Or the atmosphere is great. You right. go there because they've made it almost like the cheers of right chicken wings. I've gone there. The only times I've ever chosen to gone to Buffalo Wild Wings um, it has been when I need to catch a game. Yeah, and I'm in some place I don't know, and I say like, "Okay, well, there's a Buffalo Wild Wings, so I know I can watch the game here." Right. I've done that, you know, several times. Yeah. Where like I have to find some place to watch the game. I know if I go there, they have every channel. Yep. You're, it's not going to be. I've gone to some sport like local sports bars. Where like, well, we just have we don't have this the the. MLB package or whatever, you know, like 
So sorry, but if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, they always have all the games, no matter right. what, which is pretty pretty smart. Outside of outside of going to see a game, I don't think I would ever go to choose to like let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, let's go, but you know yeah. whatever because the food sucks. It kind of sucks. I, I, I actually I actually like the sauce quite a bit. All like, the different sauces. Yeah, I like the, I like I like getting different, but but the wings themselves they're not good. They're once you have once you tasted oh, the the truth. Oh, it's so hard to go back. Seen the light. Yeah, um, but their other food kind of stuff. I've tried a bunch of stuff up before. Okay, yeah. wings. I, I just stick to the wings. <laughs> well, I, I've tried a bunch of stuff. So I'm like, well, I don't really like the wings. I'm going to okay. get this other thing, and it's like, yep. yeah, it's yeah. okay. It's not very. It's like good. an Applebee's. Yeah, you know, Applebee's yeah. is like pretty mediocre across the board. Yeah. I'm sorry if there's any Applebee's fans out there, but that's my take. Like, I, yeah. I go to Applebee's, I'm like, yeah, I'll get a whatever. Yeah, you know, like it exactly. doesn't. It's yeah, all yeah. run of the mill. Right. There's nothing special about it. So it is. It is really interesting. I think it just has to do with the fact that they have a ton of sauces, mm-hmm. and they make it sound like each one is, you know, crafted by a yeti in, a, yeah, you know, South America somewhere. I think um, South American yeti. <laughs> well, anyway. I think one thing about this that I think could be good for them is that they've been able to like expand based on none of the merits of their food, basically. Right. All about <laughs> like marketing yep. and you know all this stuff. I, it sounds like the per- they, they interview. Like, I think it's like the CEO of the company, and she sounds super smart. And, yeah. You know, really does does her work to get the thing going. Apparently, because she knows what she's doing. Because it's it's worth blowing one, up one point five billion. But they can also, once they get to this point where they're saturated with their, our food sucks and people are still coming to our restaurants, yeah. what if they then make their food awesome? Yeah. You know what I mean? People probably complain. Apparently, <laughs> apparently they acquired two small companies, a pizza company and a taco company. Oh. Um, and they said it's more just for like kind of hedging their bets on the Wild Wings concept or whatever. Like may, they're going to try to grow into other industries at the same time. But what if they rolled some of that stuff into their... Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, what if you showed up there and you could get really high quality tacos or something? Or oh, you know what I mean? Like, I thought you were going to say like chicken wing pizza. Well, look, I didn't want to. I didn't want to start rumors. Well, we, we don't have any inside information on this or anything like that. But, <laughs> uh, but no. Anyway, I, so I'm just wondering if they they start to they figure out their food a little bit better and that just makes them blow up. I don't know. Go get some Buffalo Wild Wings stock. Apparently, that's the, that's the point. But yeah, Glenn. And the, the only other thing I want to say about this before we stop talking mm. about it, and that is that I love I love some of their commercials. They stopped running this commercial, and now they have that guy from the, the one of the actors. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the coach ones. Yeah, the one where they had the coach that was like, yep. you know, your stereotypical were, coach, and those were you know, great. Grab a grab All your sides. seats. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I just you know, pull up a chair and grab yeah. your beer. Yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, like that was an awesome advertising campaign. We should get Buffalo Wild Wings to advertise on gentlemen. Well, I don't think we can because we just <laughs> said their food was crap. But, <laughs> but we Asian sing, Asian sing. I love the Asian sing. Yeah, so thing. good. It's oh, so delicious. Man. Oh man, I I, wish that I is my favorite Asian sing. And right the blazing's not that bad. The blazing's not bad. It's you not know? bad. No. I got worse. No. I'm just a gigantic wuss. Look, Brian, they've got $1.5 billion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just spread that around. Yeah. Old Brian and Glenn over no here. Pro- yeah. We will gladly re... re- Look, we've done this over and over, Glenn. <laughs> Would there be an edit to the podcast? We, we, we throw somebody under the bus, and then we beg them to sponsor us. Um, and then we will... It's, it's, like, it's basically like uh, extortion. Yes. Because we intentionally <laughs> say how bad they are, <laughs> but then it's like... But we could spend the rest of our podcast talking about how good you are. Now, choice is up to you, Buffalo Wild Wings. That's right. I'm sure that uh, the C- CEO is an avid listener of the Gentleman Podcast. And I mean, the future's bright when you start to add pizza and tacos to your offerings. So mm-hmm. that's true. Upside. I, I upside. think there's a lot of great things going for Buffalo Wild Wings. Personally. I think there is too. And there was just a restaurant put in near my house. So that's true. I would be cool with just some vouchers. Vouchers. <laughs> You know, dollar off blazing yeah. challenge. No, you couldn't pay me to take that again. Uh, anyway, Mike. Oh, yeah, that, that, that I, I I paid for that dearly for like a day and a half. Anyway, <laughs> Brian, and we're not talking about money. <laughs> no, I paid for many times over. Ah, uh, Brian. All right. So the next segment we have final segment 
letters from the gentleman mailbag. Questions from the gentleman Questions. mailbag. Questions. But this the is form of letters. I understand your confusion there because this is a let's talk about this letter. Okay. okay. We received um, we're a little bit behind on the mailbag. Yes. So if you're waiting to, to hear your, your letter talked about on the on the podcast, we're gonna get to it. But um, I got a couple weeks behind, and anyway, Glenn, so I'm going through the mailbag, and I found this letter that was sent to us by Dusty from Seymour, Texas, North Texas area. Republic of Texas. The Republic of Texas. Um, let's talk about this letter, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I, when, I, when I saw it, I thought I was going to open it up, and it was going to be signed in blood. Yeah. It, uh, That's the way it feels. It, it's... It, I'm going to post a picture of this to the podcast. Okay. Uh, podcast.gentleman.com. I'll post right. a picture of this. But he has the old-timey type paper. Yes. That looks like it came from a medieval dungeon. Yeah. And it was sealed with a wa- a real, I'm not joking, a real wax seal. Dusty gets it done. He does. That's a pun right there. Uh, yeah, yes. That's, that's good. That's I, good. I thought we were going to open like uh, like a map. Like yeah, a treasure, treasure map, like Goonies or something. Yeah, or you know, something in National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> We're gonna kidnap the CEOs of gentlemen. Uh, There's a secret underground passageway <laughs> right below Brian's house. Okay, okay, Glenn. But let's let's get in this letter. I'm not gonna read the whole thing because I don't want to, you know, whatever. But I just want to read a couple things from it. It says, "Salutations, gentlemen." Oh. Good opening. Uh, with a yeah. glass full of Captain Morgan Black and a pipe full of tobacco. There could not be a better time than now to write this. He, he goes on to thanks, thanks us for the podcast, uh, which is the first time we've heard that. Yeah, that's... Probably first and last time we're in here. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, the website and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you but, think he listens? Does he listen to it? Uh, maybe he hasn't yet. Okay, okay. Maybe he's just being polite. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, but then, okay, so, but then he goes on and he says, he's curious as to what... <laughs> I, don't know what to, I don't know what to say or what brought... <laughs> What it really looks like B R A W S, but we're yeah. we're going with brands. Brands, I think it's brands. brands. So what brand? What brand? It's what brand? Okay, I'm curious as to what brand of tobacco you prefer to to fill in your in your pipes, uh, to fill your pipes with. Um, he says Piper cigar. Um, he also asks about a iPhone or iPad app. A lot of things to address here, Brian. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start. Let's go in reverse. iPhone, iPad app coming. Yes. Sometime soon. Well, I should say <laughs> soon is a relative term, so well, that's kind of a hard qualifier yeah, there. Yeah. We're, I think you, people out there may have noticed that we're, we're revamping a bunch of parts of the site right yes. now. And so we're, we're fixing them kind of on mobile and desktop on the internet, and then we are going to actually do apps. It's all connected. Yeah. It's not like... You know, these right. are disjointed little pieces of the site. Right. It's we're all, all going to make it bring it together, and we're 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 bringing bringing the site on back home. That's right, bringing it bringing it on home. It's the prodigal site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but we've been, we we've put a bunch of time and effort into some stuff in the last couple of weeks. We have a couple of other interesting developments, interesting releases that we're going to do in the next couple of weeks. Yes, so things will be interesting for the next next few weeks, and then we're going to get down the road uh, a little bit, and we're going to do some some app stuff. So. Dusty, it's coming. You just got to give us a little bit of time and we'll get it out. And there. thank you for using the site and thank you for your patience. Yeah. As we as we uh, fix a bunch of the pain points on the fi- site. Exactly. Make it better. But all right. So to answer your question about pipe tobacco, mm-hmm. Brian and I are known on occasion to smoke pipe tobacco. Yes. Not. Hey. All right, guys. Not the other We're type. We're not talking about Shire. Pipes. We're not talking about. Uh, what, what, old Toby. Old Toby, right? No, yeah. Speaking of uh, Tolkien here. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, the the uh, Colorado pine. I, 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 along with Dusty, enjoy a uh, a tobacco pipe from time to time. Right. And so, previously... Not more than once a month. There we go. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So, okay. So, we... Uh, Right. So, so what kind of tobacco do we... Probably... Okay. So the, the brands that I... Or brands. The types I kind of go for. Mm-hmm. The, a, a Cavendish. I like a good Cavendish. You know, it's real... Yeah. Makes me think of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Uh, good Cavendish. But recently, um, you know, it's mostly blend stuff. I don't like... I don't know about you, Brian, but like my brother-in-law had... <laughs> he had this pipe tobacco that he got and it was like... He lit it and it smelled like... 
car. Like it smelled like you were paving a road when you smoked it. It was <laughs> it was stout. And I I think if you're like a serious pipe smoker, mm-hmm. I'm guessing like that's for you. Man, I can't do it. But I like blends that are a little bit lighter. So for example, uh, one that we both like is one that I picked up called the 20th Anniversary, mm-hmm. and it's a mix. And basically, it's um, let's see, we got uh, let me let me. Oh, it's it's long cut Virginia tobacco. Um, matured Turkish tobacco mm. and flavorful Latakia. Latakia. Anyway, okay. it's just a it's just a sweet mix of tobacco, and sweet as in like actual. It's sweet. It smells sweet, and it's good. I'm actually not that. In case you couldn't tell by the way I butchered the the names there, I'm not that big of an expert on to, on pipe tobacco. Right. Um. What Brian and I generally smoke is cigars. Yeah. And so, my favorite cigar brand is probably Oliva. I like the Siri V. It's approachable, yet complex. Uh, nutty on the palate, and earthy. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say on tobacco, pipe tobacco, um, the only one that sticks out to me that I've ever had, uh, that I went and got that... I don't know if it was good or bad. It just stuck out to me. Was yeah. I got this this kind called High Plains Drifter? What? Oh from, yeah, uh, that place in Kansas City, <laughs> which I had forever. But um, but yeah, uh, so I, I I've done that. Um, I basically just this c- yeah uh, with the cigars. I pretty much I, we we kind of we team up and get we'll yeah. go in on getting online cigar stuff and then we'll whoa, whoa Brian uh, we'll uh, what he means is we. Um, <clears throat> We 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 search the internet for reviews on cigars. Yes, and, and occasionally then, we'll make purchases based on those reviews, right? Which are online. Which are online. Yes, uh, that's the, huh? yes. So because the reviews, you don't pay taxes on reviews. <laughs> no, you don't. There's no tax. And for sometimes reviews. they're cheaper than you know. <laughs> you don't pay you know sales tax or in Kansas you have the wonderful sin tax. Um, there's no sins. There's no taxes. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, we have to go. Yeah. We, 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 we look them up online. Yeah. And then we decide. And then we go to the local store and pay all the applicable taxes for said yeah. cigars. And, and they, they're a little bit baffled when they go. And they're like, just trust us. We owe you this much. Yeah. Exactly. And they say, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. In a story. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. So, th- that's, that's pretty much it. I don't know. Yeah. Cigars are basically, when I go to pick out a cigar, I like a cigar that's smooth. And isn't gonna just like throw me under a bus and run over me a couple times. Yes, I've had a lot of strong cigars that just made me my head turn. Um, yeah, cigars are definitely. I mean, uh, I, I've had some. I've had some bad ones too. Mm-hmm. I've had ones I've just had to put down. Yeah, know? sometimes it just doesn't work. Nope. Um, but it is nice when you buy uh, when you buy in bulk um, through cheaper avenues than. It, let's say in store purchases, right. uh, you don't feel so bad throwing away a dollar fifty or two dollars, as opposed to ten or twelve dollars. Yeah, exactly. If so, it's a bum, yeah. So, but this this reminds me, Glenn. I really need to. So, I, when I took that trip to Ireland, mm. um, there was a old timey pipe store in downtown Dublin. Oh yes, that yeah. Was selling uh, tobacco pipes, and they're they've been around since the eighteen hundreds or something. And they had some really great stuff, and I almost bought one there, but I didn't. And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't use them very much, so I don't know, whatever. And I talked myself out of it, and it was one of the dumbest non-purchases I've ever made. Sometimes you talk yourself out of something like that, and you're like, wow, I'm glad I didn't spend $120 right. on this. Yeah. I look back on that, and I'm like, man, why didn't I not spend 120 bucks on that pipe? Like it, yeah. that, that would be a really cool memento from them. I don't think I've ever talked myself out of a stupid purchase, Brian. Yeah. Well... <laughs> It's usually the other way around. I'm right. talking myself into one. Well, and the other thing about this is Laura gave me, for my birthday last year, she gave me a sweet purple velvet smoking jacket. Oh, yeah. you gotta, so, you got to make good good on that. Exactly. So, I, I, anyway, the point is I want to invest in a, in a better uh, tobacco pipe and uh, really get back into that part of it. I think it's, it's very enjoyable. Yes. Indeed, as Dusty points out. The, the, the differences between cigars and pipes are... Are pretty, pretty vast. Yeah, like, you, you know, like a, a pipe, you kind of have to, like, maintain it. Right. You know, it's not quite as... it's. You have to know how to use it. Yeah, it's not low maintenance. You, you re- you're constantly doing mm-hmm. something with it. 
Whereas a, as a as a cigar, you know, you can just kind of light it and forget, take a puff, yep. and then just talk for a while and take another mm-hmm. puff, and you're good to go. Yeah, man, yeah. Now I want a cigar yeah. or a pipe. <laughs> oh. Anyway, all right, all right, Glenn. Well, thank you, Dusty, for that question. Uh, and if you catch this podcast, send us an email and let us know where you got the wax seal at because this thing is awesome, and I would love to have one of these to send letters out to people. Um, it's very cool. Dusty, you're the man. Yeah. And the the, the wax seal is a, bit, is a D. Yes. So. Makes sense. Anyway, awesome letter, Dusty. Thank you for sending it to us. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Um, going on the Hall of Fame. Going on the Hall of Fame for sure. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that was the uh, episode number 54. Whew. It went by fast. It did. Not too bad. Um, Sawtooth Ale, the Nitro. What do you think, Brian? It's still holding up to your uh, 8.1? I like it a lot. They... They made it a dollar fifty two expensive. They really did. Mm-hmm. Nitro's not that expensive. Who are you fooling? Yeah, it's just a bunch of poisons and nitro. <laughs> Personally, I can't stand the stuff. It, you know, I never touch the stuff. Yeah, um, only for the podcast. <laughs> this is a labor of love right here. Yeah, it is. we wouldn't only be drinking nitro beer and talking about pipes and no, cigars. We did not do that kind of stuff. Mm-mm. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that was episode fifty four. Looking forward to episode 55. Mm. Right around the corner. It was a good show, Brian. Uh, some might say that. We, we covered a lot. We covered, we covered a, a lot of ground. We covered a lot of bases. Hit a lot of different points. A lot of different I topics. Think, I think if you've hung on this long listening, mm-hmm. that you may have learned something. Right. And if not, we look, we'll give you a refund. Yeah. 100%. That's that's what... The, 110. Yeah. 110%. That's, that's the kind of guys we are. Uh, any other kind of guys we are, Glenn, are guys that are finishing up this podcast episode. Um, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansbury. We'll catch you guys next week for episode 55. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Live long and prosper. 